Chronicles of the Awakened is a story-based podcast and a work of fiction. It is created and narrated by J.A. Larocque. You can find this podcast on Himalaya, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and anywhere where podcasts are found. Previously on Chronicles of the Awakening, Chase and Vincent arrived on the campus where they encountered Angelica, who Vincent thought was yet another person coming to kill him. In the end, Angelica just wanted to train and challenge Chase and was quickly defeated. After which, Chase showed Vincent the memorial wall, showing all the Angelics who have died for their cause. Before taking Vincent to the tower, Chase tells him there is one more important thing that he needs to see. And now, Chapter 33, Energy Crisis. Chase leads Vincent around the tower to another shimmering path. The white marble floor is replaced with the same crystal-like substance of the tower. The long, thin path extends to an arching bridge that crosses over a vast blue ocean to a small island in the distance. Vincent holds on to Chase as they walk across the crystal bridge. He is slightly calmed as he smells the salty sea air and feels the cool breeze on his face. The ocean itself is still with almost no waves or movements at all. Ahead of them sits a massive white building. Romanesque in design, several white steps lead up to 12 stone pillars in front of the entrance. At the top of the stairs, just before two massive metal doors, rests a small marble statue of a pair of cupped human hands. I wanted to show you this before we continue. We call this the library, Chase begins. Honestly, we don't know much about it, or what it is, and this is why. Chase and Vincent reach the top of the stairs and stand just before the massive twin doors. Vincent relaxes his eyes and can see an aura of gold light shimmering in front of him. Chase approaches the door and places her hand against it. Her life energy resonates with the energy field surrounding the door, creating a rippling effect. Vincent watches as the ripple spreads across the outer wall of the library. Gable will explain this in more detail, but he was the first to re-enter this dimension after the incident, Chase begins. When he re-entered, this building had moved. Originally, it was in front of the tower, just before where the memorial wall is now. As you can see, now it is on its own island behind the tower. We still don't know how or why it moved, and we do not know how this barrier came to be here. Unfortunately, Gabriel was never allowed in the library even before the incident so he has no first-hand knowledge of what is in there besides, well, I'll let him explain. Vincent stares at the barrier. Slowly he begins to feel the energy flowing from the field. The golden light is soothing and familiar to him, as if sensing the presence of someone he knew very closely. An instinct takes over. 
Vincent feels compelled to reach out and touch the energy barrier. His hand begins to shake as he stretches out his fingers to touch it. The soothing feeling within him changes to fear as the tips of his fingers almost touches the field. Vincent cannot stop himself even though he wishes he could. The feeling of a foreign presence inside him returns. He no longer has control over his actions. Th this is, Vincent says as his fingers touches the energy field. Vincent screams out in pain as his hand is exposed to the energy of the barrier. Chase tries to pull him away but is repelled backwards by a force of energy. Vincent's eyes glow bright white as his screams of pain change to a yell of exhilaration. A rush of energy flows through his body and for a moment Vincent can sense everyone within the campus. Dozens of souls and a powerful energy source he cannot identify. Chase jumps to her feet and rushes to Vincent's side to try once again to pull him away. As she reaches him, Vincent's arms fall limp to their side. Vincent turns towards Chase as his eyes return to normal, then glaze over. Vincent collapses into Chase's arms. The energy barrier ripples violently, then returns to normal. I'm sorry, Vincent. Are you okay? Chase says in a panic. I've never saw that happened before. The energy barrier is unknown to us, but we ran tests on it. Hundreds of tests. We all touched it thousands of times and it never did that before. Vincent opens his eyes and stares at Chase. His thoughts clear as the rust of energy and feeling of a foreign presence disappears. While he does not fully understand what just happened to him, he does know what he has felt. I... I could feel, Vincent whispers. When I touched, I could feel people. People? Chase asks, panicked by Vincent's words. That's not... that's not possible. There couldn't be anyone inside. Vincent's eyes roll back as he loses consciousness. Chase shakes Vincent's shoulders, attempting to awaken him. A flash of light startles Chase, drawing her attention away. A tall woman, dressed in dark blue medical scrubs and a long white lab coat, stands over Chase and Vincent staring down at them. The middle-aged woman adjusts her thin, frameless squared glasses as she kneels down next to Vincent. Beverly? Chase gasps, startled by her arrival. How? I was heading down to begin training with Angelica, and I felt a surge of energy coming from this direction. I told her to stay and came over. Is this the soul you just retrieved? Beverly clears her dark red shoulder-length hair from around her face and places the palm of her hand on Vincent's forehead. Yes. This is Vincent, Chase answers. He touched the energy field and then screamed before collapsing. It doesn't make sense. This field doesn't harm any of us. I don't understand what happened to him. Beverly closes her eyes for a moment, concentrating on Vincent's life energy. 
She can feel a power inside his body, but also detects the instability within him that worries her. After a moment, Beverly opens her eyes and removes her hand from his forehead. We should get him to medical. What happened? Chase asks. How bad is it? Beverly and Chase lift Vincent from the ground. Slowly they make their way to the tower holding Vincent up by his shoulders. I need to run some tests to be sure, Beverly begins. His life energy is unstable, and I can sense another type of life energy within him. Y yes that was my fault, Chase says, turning her eyes away from Beverly. I confronted Lucia. I thought I had her. I... I was stupid. She baited me and hit Vincent with an energy blast. I thought she killed him, but then... He was alright. I understand your need to settle things with Lucia, Beverly says. But when you got here, you should have come directly to me. Honestly, you should have called me as soon as it happened. Just because we can regenerate and heal our own wounds does not mean you don't need me. I trained to use my life energy not to fight, but to help and heal others. Chase, Beverly, and Vincent enter the tower through twin crystal doors that open automatically as they draw near. Inside, a long, thin marble hallway leads to a single elevator at the back of the room. The elevator doors open as they reach them and they step inside. The elevator, like the floors, walls, and ceilings, are pure white with no buttons or indicators within. On its own, the elevator begins to speed upwards. Chase glances over at Vincent. Her thoughts return to the continued mistakes she has made and she begins to doubt the decision to allow her to train him. I can't keep going like this, Chase begins. You're right, Beverly. You're head of Angelic Medical for a reason, and I should have contacted you. No, I shouldn't have let this happen in the first place to Vincent. I should have killed Lucia when you need to heal the wounds inside you, Chase, Beverly interrupts. I wish I could do it for you, but you will need to do it yourself. I'm always here if you need to talk, but you need to forgive yourself before that energy inside you destroys you. Chase stares at Beverly for a moment before turning away and shaking her head. I should have known I couldn't fool you, Chase begins. You knew about my training all this time. Training, Beverly responds. You're punishing yourself, Chase, for something that isn't your fault. The elevator comes to a stop and opens to reveal a large laboratory with various medical equipment spread out across the room. Beverly leads Chase and Vincent to a large crystal capsule attached via wires to a large visual display. Beverly and Chase lay Vincent inside the capsule and closes the lid. Beverly walks around to the computer display and begins typing on a keyboard just below the monitor display. 
A multicolored spectrum of lights shines within the capsule. Information Chase does not understand begins to display on the monitor. I was afraid of this, Beverly begins. His life energy is not just unstable. There is foreign life energy within him. How is that possible? Chase asks. I thought our life energy would either destroy foreign life energy or convert it so it becomes part of our own. All of our research up to now has shown just that, Chase. But in this case, I don't know. Beverly continues typing on the keyboard. The colors within the capsule begin to change. One by one, the colors cycle within the chamber in three second intervals. From white to green to blue to yellow to red. Lucia's powerful, but I didn't sense anything different about her, Chase says. If she had a power like that, I would have known. I mean, I saw the red energy in his eyes, but it was absorbed by his body. He seemed fine. Would you have even known? Beverly asks. You know the more you use your red life energy, the more it weakens your white life energy. You will lose focus, concentration. Is it possible Lucia picked up on that and somehow used it to her advantage? In Chase's training sessions, as she began to feel the power of the red life energy within her body, Chase took steps in order to control her new power. Unwilling to share her quest for power with anyone else, Chase carefully sought the advice of fellow angelics to help her overcome the side effects of her training. During one of her training sessions, Chase lost control and nearly destroyed the training room. The power she felt when she lost control was more than she had ever felt before. But the idea of losing control frightened her. Chase turned to Naveen, a special angelic who was considered most in tune with not only her life energy, but also the life energy found in known existence, and asked for her guidance and concentration and control of her own life energy. I know, Chase begins looking down at Vincent. Naveen told me how red life energy can cause confusion and lack of control. She told me about Xavier and what happened to him. But there must be a way. It can't just be black and white. Lucia is evil, but she's in control. She played me, and that wouldn't happen unless she... This isn't black and white, Beverly interrupts. There is a lot we still do not know about how life energy works, or even the various color spectrums we've discovered. What we do know is red and white life energy mixing is dangerous, and while it should be studied, it needs to be done so under strict supervised conditions, and not by someone seeking revenge out of anger. While Chase hears Beverly's words, the visions of Lucia killing Renee is still ever-present in her mind. Looking at Vincent, a soul who has not even decided to join them yet, lying there injured, causes more questions about her chosen path. 
About Vincent, Chase begins. Can we identify the life energy as belonging to Lucia and what will happen to him? I don't know yet. His body has absorbed the life energy, but what is strange is that it seems to be growing. We know Vincent was chosen because our systems showed his life energy levels were massive and strong. But what doesn't make sense is even a very powerful blast would have dissipated within a body by now, or would have killed him. With this, it's as if the blast awakened even more life energy within him, but we never thought that was possible. But then why did the field around the library hurt him? Chase asks. I actually have a theory on that. We assume the barrier around the library is for protection, and we know that angels had a different life energy signature than we do. When we touch the field, we cannot bypass it, but it causes us no harm. With Vincent, since his life energy has a foreign component to it, the field must have considered him an enemy and harmed him. Chase places her hand on the capsule just above Vincent's chest. Again, she thinks about the pain she is responsible for causing him and the mistakes she continues to make. So, this is my fault, Chase says somberly. Chase, listen. You've made some mistakes, but you know you've made them. You're to train him if he accepts to join us, right? You need to put the rest aside. Your hatred for Lucia, the self-doubt. You need to make him ready for what's to come. We can't fight this war forever, and if we're going to win it, it will take all of us at our peak. Vincent will be fine. I am stabilizing his life energy. And besides that, I cannot confirm that this is Lucia's life energy anyway. Wait, what? Chase says, pulling her hand away from the capsule. If it's not Lucia's life energy, then whose? I'm not saying it isn't Lucia's. I just cannot prove that yet. Vincent's scans show the life energy within his body is fusing and soon will become fully under his own control. We don't know what Lucia has done to her body, so without more tests and time, I cannot tell you much more. And what about the presence Vincent felt within the library? Who... Who are you? Vincent says, opening his eyes. Where... Where am I? Vincent focuses on the capsule he is in and begins to panic. Slamming the palms of his hand against the capsule lid, Vincent begins to scream. Beverly opens the capsule as Chase grabs hold of Vincent's flailing arms. Vincent, calm down, it's me, Chase. You were hurt, and we brought you inside to the doctor to heal you. Vincent's eyes dart around, visually cataloging his surroundings. His eyes settle onto Chase's, relieving him slightly. Chase and Beverly assist Vincent to a sitting position. Beverly pulls a small device from her coat pocket and begins scanning him with it. Vincent winces at first, but calms down when Chase puts her hand on his shoulder. I, I had a nightmare, Vincent begins. I saw my mother and some man. 
He was making her hurt me. And then everything went red. It's all right, Chase says. Nightmares, as you call them, are unfortunate side effect of the retrieval process. Yes, Beverly interjects. Your mind, though not the same as when you were alive, processes information in a similar manner. With life energy, data can be transferred and accessed the same way within your energy matrix as your brain did when you were alive. When Chase retrieves you, you not only shared her life energy, but memories as well. While you do not directly access all her memories, there can be fragments and they can interact with your own memories as well as the trauma of reliving the final moments of your life. Vincent stares at Beverly, puzzled by her words before turning to Chase with a questioned look on his face. Um, Beverly, I don't think that helped, Chase says. Oh, I apologize, Beverly says. I had a Jonathan moment there. Needless to say, the nightmares are unpleasant, but will pass. If you continue to experience them, let me know. I've been working on something with Lola that I think could help. Vincent, Chase says, grabbing him by his shoulders. Can you tell us what happened when you touched the field? Vincent looks down at his hands, trying to focus on what he felt when he touched the energy field. His hands begin to tremble as the memory of the experience comes back to him. It was painful at first. I remember touching a wire on our old coffee maker at home. It shocked me and it hurt so much. It was like that, but all over my, my whole body. Then it didn't hurt anymore. It felt good. I felt strong, powerful, and then I could feel someone watching me. Fascinating, Beverly says. Perhaps my theory is right. The energy field first repelled you and then accepted you. My goodness, you might be able to disable the field. Beverly. Sorry to interrupt, but unless there is an emergency, I need Chase and Vincent to report to my office immediately. Gabriel's voice echoes from all around. Even though the voice is unfamiliar to Vincent, he does not fear it. No, there is no emergency, Gabriel, Beverly responds. Vincent is fine. I will send them up. We have to continue this later, Vincent. Chase says. It's time to meet the boss and hear what he has to say before making your decision whether to join us or not. Beverly and Chase help Vincent out of the capsule. Vincent continues looking around the room with curiosity as they continue walking towards the elevator. So, were you a doctor when you were alive? Vincent asks. Yes, I was a field surgeon for the Alliance military during the war. I was part of a special team called Alpha Medical, and it was our job to save lives. Now, I help angelics who are hurt. So if you ever need anything, you can always come and see me. Chase and Vincent step inside the elevator, 
Chase nods at Beverly as the doors close. Beverly returns to the computer console and begins typing away. Lola, it's me, Beverly. You need to come see me in medical. You won't believe what I found within the new soul's energy matrix. Next week, chapter 34.